What's up, guys? Welcome to Broke and Stressed, a PT student podcast where we talk about our lives as broke and stressed physical therapy students. Throughout grad school, you'll come to find that the struggles that you're having happen all the time to thousands of students across the country. You are not alone. This podcast will share our personal stories and walk you through how we overcame some of our own struggles. I'm your host, Ruben. Let's have some fun, have some good conversation, and let's get into the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to Broken Stress. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have my good friend Jay on the podcast. Say hello, Jay. Hey guys, how are you doing? So Jay is actually um, not a physical therapist, he's a doctor of OT, occupational therapy. But Jay's story to me and being a good friend, he's definitely inspired me and I think he has a lot of insight. Jay, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate you like letting me tell my story and be here, man. Yeah, for sure, bro. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about like your background, like where you went to undergrad, OT school rather, and then like why you became an OT. All right. So uh, yeah, my name is Jay Mannix. My undergrad degree is from psychology from the University of Illinois at Chicago. And then I have my doctorate degree from St. Ambrose University in Port, Iowa. I'm actually a new grad. I graduated in 2019, May of 2019. So I'm in my first year out in OT school. I work in a skilled nursing facility out here in Elgin, Illinois. And uh, yeah, man, I think I've... Uh, my first year out so it's a it's been a big learning curve just uh there's a lot of things in the work world that they don't really teach you in school but i think i've had a great team to help me adjust and yeah man, i'm having a lot of fun with it now why don't you share a little bit of your journey from undergrad to grad school during that transition phase i know everyone talks about man getting in is the hardest part i was watching you firsthand you know we worked together and i was just watching you grind it out just to get into ot school so why don't you talk a little bit about that part of your journey so freshman year of college was like a lot of other people. I was completely undecided. Like a lot of Asian American kids, my parents just kind of hammered into my head. Like it's either you're going to do something in the medical field, you're going to be a lawyer, a doctor, or like an engineer. You know, there's pretty much no in between from that. So I really didn't know what I was going to do, man. I was undecided. So my first year, I just kind of like you know, messed around. And then sophomore year, I think I had declared like nursing just to get something, you know, in the way. My first semester of sophomore year went okay. Like I was cruising around with like a 3.2 or something like that. But then my second semester of sophomore year, that's when I like, I wasn't living on campus and I completely tanked my GPA, man. Like uh, I got like a C, two Ds and an F that semester just because like I really wasn't even going to class. I was partying a bunch. <laughs> college. Yeah, it was living the college lifestyle, bro. Relate to that. But yeah, man, that really, um, I got a 0.9 GPA that semester. I remember it was so, it was so bad where I couldn't even like tell my dad my, or my parents. I remember that summer just being home and then my dad just kept asking me like, yo, so, you know, what are, what are the grades? What are the grades? Because um, I was on scholarship, you know, like on a full ride on an academic scholarship. And um, I just, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. And then eventually like um, one day my dad just came into our room and he was like, you've got to be like fucking kidding me. And, like, <laughs> Like he knew it was so bad, dude. Like he didn't even yell. Like I wanted him so bad to just like yell at me or something, but he was just so disappointed. And, oh, that um, he didn't even give you the oh man. Yeah, dude, it was horrible. He wouldn't. He didn't even raise his voice at me. It was just like, you got to get your shit together. <laughs> like it was so bad because mm-hmm. like he knew that my mom would like just completely flip a shit on the both of us. Yeah, man. It was at that point I went from like a what was it that point nine GPA? I went from like a three point two or something like that, or three point one or something like that to like a. 2.25 cumulative GPA, man. At that point, I had no idea what to do. I was living at the time with our fr- with our fraternity brother, JJ. He was in OT school. He was accepted into Rush. And I think he was about to start. And I just remember just coming back to the apartment one day, like after, after I had to have that talk with my dad and I was just completely defeated. 
I just asked him, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing with my life, man. Can you give me some like direction? And that's when he, um, you know, just kind of introduced me to the world of therapy. Cause you know, like he asked me what I wanted to do and I knew I wanted to do something in the medical field. I knew I wanted to help people. You know, I like, you know, I'm all about, you know, health, fitness and just like living a healthy life and helping people recover. So it just seemed like the best fit for me. The only problem was now I had to decide whether I wanted to do like OT or PT. Right. It was, it was kind of like a hard decision for me. But I think honestly, what the, the biggest drawing point was just being like a realist. Right. So what I had like a 2.25 GPA. And like, I remember sitting down with JJ and like looking at the classes for OT and PT recs, uh, prerequisites. And like, just looking at my GPA and like knowing myself, I was like, bro, there's no way that I'm going to be able to do like orgo and calc and all that stuff. And I just thought that that was pointless. Like me, if I know it's not going to be relevant to what I'm doing, like, I'm not going to like be focused as I'm sure a lot of people are. So like, at that point I was just like, all right, do whatever. I'll just do OT. And so I shattered it around. I got a decent amount of hours. I went around to like Mary and Joy, UIC, and I found out what it was about, and I really liked it, man. I got a job at Athletico working with you as an aide, so that was pretty cool. That helped to broaden my horizons. At that point, I had a plan. JJ helped me to map out my classes and decide like, what I was going to be doing, like how I would uh, get into OT school. So at this point, bro, like, I'm at like the bottom of the barrel, right? Like I'm at like, like rock bottom. I got like a 2.25 GPA. I'm looking at all these grad schools, and everyone's like, bro, you need like a like the, the minimum requirement is like a 3 like a 3.25 and you know like every kid that's getting accepted is like 3.5 and above so like yeah. i really have work cut out for me man it was um it was hard i think the hardest part of that whole journey i mean the, the hardest thing to get over was just like being able to like face myself in the mirror and like realizing exactly where i was like you know what i mean like i saw where i wanted mm -hmm. to be but you you can't start your journey without knowing exactly where you are you know what i mean you have to build a strong foundation before you can have like a a good building you know what i mean so that for me was like looking at blackboard you know what i mean looking at that great <laughs> was just everything man like i think um for so many people that's just so hard because it's just like admitting to yourself like how bad the situation is i mean i was doing this and i'm sure other people were too but like you know you know that it's bad like of course you know that it's bad but yeah. you don't you kind of like lie to yourself a little bit saying ah, if i just show up for this test if i get like <laughs> if I get to be here like I should be able to pass it right and you just kind of like loosely track it and hope for the best and dude that's like what screws you you know what I mean I'm really big into working out and the analogy I use all the time is like if you've never like worked out before and you want to like go in and bench 225 or you want to squat 315 or something like that you can't just be like all right I'm gonna throw one I'm gonna throw like 185 on because that looks like it's a it's a decent way it's a respectable weight no dude you have to like build that strong foundation yeah. like in terms of that analogy, you have to look at what your numbers are and then just start slowly building from there. I translated it to, you know, meeting with my TAs, you know, seeing what I could do to make up missing assignments or what I could do to, you know, come into office hours to understand the subject better, man. And I think that's what's really hard for people, just like starting. It's just, it's for you. At the end of the day, man, like, I think what really helped to drive me was like, my parents always told me like these two things. They were like, you know, we could always want the world for you. I can want the sun and the stars for you. I can want the best for you. But it literally means nothing unless, like, I want it for myself. You know, because yeah. it's my, at the end of the day, my parents have done everything that they can up until this point. Like, they have a house. They have their jobs. They, you know, they did everything. You know, they got their dream. So this is, like, once they're gone, like, it's really on me. This is for my benefit only. That's what a lot of people, you know, forget. You know, they get so driven by, like, oh, you know, this person wants this for me. This person wants this for me. But, you know, figure out what it is you want. And, you know, like you have to really dig within yourself and say that you know that you want this that's how you can start your journey and then the other thing my parents taught me was just like 
you either pay now or you pay later, but you always pay in life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just hard to work hard later. So um, just for that, and like in, in the Laos community, my parents always told me stories about like how when they immigrated here, they were surrounded by a lot of like their friends who just were comfortable, right? Like just um, just hanging out all the time and just, just being comfortable hanging out with each other and never really forced themselves to grow and they didn't make the effort to really expand their horizons. So they just ended up playing around so much. And then later on in life, when they eventually settled down and had kids, they had to work like two or three jobs, you know, later on because they weren't well well prepared for it later. In my parents' sense, my my mom and him helped put him through school at IIT. They both like worked like two, three jobs each and they sacrificed a lot, man. They sacrificed a lot of their free time to get to where they are. And I think the you know, how that relates is like, you know, they, they paid their dues early so that they could coast later. And I'm definitely seeing that translation now because, you know, like getting into school was the hardest part, you know, passing mm-hmm. off, getting into school. But like now that I'm in the field, man, it's pretty like, you know, it, it becomes mechanical after a while. Like you want like yeah. you, you get a feel for things and it just becomes, you know, not, not robotic, but it's, it's really smooth, you know, mm-hmm. and being a therapist, it's a lot it's a pretty easy job compared to most, man. You know, like we're not outside doing physical labor. We're not really like, you know, cranking our bodies too hard. Like, yeah, we have to do transfers and stuff like that, but we're not working in like extreme conditions, you know, we yeah. can pay out for it. You know, I definitely paid my dues early so that I could, you know, have like an easier job now. And when I, yeah. When I think about your journey and all that, I definitely think about how hard you were grinding then. And that mentality You always talked to me because I was worried about going to PT school, getting in, you're always telling me, man, that getting in is the hardest part. And I, I think that's still true to this day. Like that grind to get in and then afterwards, it's kind of just seamless. You know, like I, mean, I know how to work with patients. We've been working with patients for years as aides. And then now it's just a matter of no, that having the knowledge. And then it just becomes like riding a bike. It's like so easy and it becomes natural. It's part of our life now. Exactly, man. So like, it really like you know, all the all the shadowing hours and then clinical hours that you do, it really prepares you because like now that I'm out in the field, like, I mean, I guess like my first month it was kind of scary because you know, I'm the new guy. But now it's, you know, I, I love it, man. It's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty easy. I love I really do like my job. I never wake up thinking like, oh, shit, I have to go to work today. No, it's mm-hmm. chill, man. I love my team. I love my job. Yeah, you just really have to take that chance, man. You just really have to swing. When you're at rock bottom of your back is against the cages, man. What else do you have to lose? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm some of the best advice that I got from one of my professors in grad school, she used to be like this lady Phyllis. She was like head of the program. She like ran a clinic and she, she did all these things. She had like a bench outside the school, like dedicated to her and everything like that. And I just thought that she was like one of like the most successful, coolest therapists, like professors ever. And she was my advisor, you know, thankfully. And I asked her one time, I was like, Phyllis, like, how did you, like, how did you do this? Like, how did you become the shit? You know what I mean? I just kind of asked her. Yeah. And, you know, she, she laughed and she was just like, you know, honestly, I, I had no idea. I, I did not plan this. I had no idea. <laughs> and I think that's all. Um, I thought that was so cool. You know what I mean? Like someone's so successful. Like you always, I don't know, me at least, like I always had this idea that like in order to be successful, you always had to have a plan. You always had to be like this type A personality that, you know, like always had this, this, this in line. And that was completely not me, man. Like I'm the kid that like shoves all his papers in his backpack rather than, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everything's yeah. cool last minute, but it's on mm-hmm. time. But minute. And, yeah. <laughs> Like, I just thought I'd never fit the mold. And here, you know, this lady that I look up to just told me, like, you know, I didn't have a plan. All I did was just tried my hardest in whatever it was I do, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And that'll, like, always translate to your next step. You know yeah, what I mean? For sure. Keep going, and then eventually you'll find it, man. One of the biggest things about, like, people in our generation is, like, you know, people get so caught up in 
this idea that like, you know, I have to get this job that I absolutely love. I have to love it 100%. Otherwise, I'm not going to be happy for the rest of my life. And like, I think that's what, you know, screws people in college. People like study these, these majors that, yeah, they have interests, but it doesn't like translate to anything like lucrative later. So I think like the suggestion that my, had, my, my dad had for me for that was, because, you know, I was always, you know, I had, at first I was complaining, like, you know, I didn't really go with the flow. I was like, dad, like, what if I don't want to be in the healthcare field? Or what if I want to be like an engineer or a lawyer or anything? Like, I, I wanted to be a teacher at one point, man. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But my dad was like, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, this advice not, might not jive with everyone, but like, this is what, what he told me and what I go by. And it's like, you know, you have to be able to support yourself and you have to be able to support your family if you, you know, so choose to have one. And, you know, you have to be able to pay the bills. Like your passion doesn't pay the bills, unfortunately. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's always important to have a safety net. You know what I mean, man? Like if you're single and you're just, you're planning to be single and just doing you, you have no one relying on you. Then yeah, man, for sure. Like you can go, you know, do whatever it is you want to do. Like you could live check to check. Like no, one, it's, it's just you. So whatever. But like, if you want to have a family or if you have a kid right now or anything, I mean, I don't have any kids, but if you have anyone that relies on you, I think it's important to have a safety net, man. You know, yeah, like, sure. yeah, you, you should always have a safety net. Cause you don't have to, I don't have to do this for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? But now I have this like under my belt, like, you know what I mean? Like say I want to get into business. You know what I mean? I've always been into business or if I really want to be a teacher, I could go, you know, start a business. I could go be a teacher, but if that flops, I can always come back to being a therapist. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, make good money like mm -hmm. so I, I think that's what a lot of people lose sight of they think that like all right i studied this this is my job this is what i have to do for the rest of my life no man you don't no you don't but it's just like now you have a safety net yeah you, know, you don't have to worry so currently you said you work at a skilled nursing facility and then you just picked up a new job right a part-time job as well want to yeah. talk about that a little bit yeah i'm working uh home health with uh with our fraternity brother jj man he just hired mm -hmm. me up um yeah man just do it for just a little bit of extra side hustle you know being a new therapist i feel like i have all this energy now i have all this time and all this energy now why not just you know add this on while i still have the momentum i think it's a great way to you know add extra money to pay for like my loans and still keep up with my habits you know? yeah for sure to add on to that even further do you have like a five-year ten-year plan like in terms of you said you might want to look into business or like do you have a concrete idea in your head of like what you want to do in the future or like what the next move is yeah man so that's actually yeah so you know going off of that like that was one of the biggest things that that attracted me to being a therapist is that it's so multifaceted it's so diverse you can be anything you know what I mean? you don't have to just be a floor clinician the whole time well the two options that i'm looking at right now are like being a facility manager you know i mean mm -hmm. like the head therapist of a building you know like the like the dor or just being or you could get into like prosthetic sales i was looking at that as well where mm -hmm. you can fit, customize and you know sell prosthetics as an ot so those are the two avenues that I'm looking at right now. You know, there's, there's two different sides that go with it. You know, the, the business side is always, you know, it's, it's go, 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 sell, sell, sell. You got to, you know, go from place to place. But then, you know, if you do facility manager, I have to, you know, really work on uh, knowing the different attributes of each of the um, teams that I'm working with in the skilled nursing facility. So I'm, I'm kind of at a crossroad between that right now, man. I'm, see, I'm trying to see where I'm trying to take my career from um, right yeah. now because I don't want a floor therapist forever. So wrap things up if you were to travel back to the past and if you were to like talk to freshman jay what are some things you wish you knew or wish you could tell yourself or even this could even apply to anyone listening like what would you tell these young college kids that are aspiring for occupational <laughs> therapy like what, what are some things that you wish you knew back then or want to like slap some sense into yourself or something 
Man, honestly, just be humble. Be humble and know that you can always, it's always an opportunity to learn. You know what I mean? Like, you never really get a loss. You just get a lesson. And uh, just honestly to breathe, man, just to take a, these three deep breaths before you do anything. You know what I mean? Just to take a, take a second to align yourself and focus and just keep moving. It'll be okay. It's, um, you know, we're young, still got all that motivation, all that energy, all that time. There's no reason to doubt yourself, man. You know, we're here in America, you know, got all this freedom doing all these things. I, all this opportunity you know my parents came here as refugees so like I, I just feel like everything that I have is a blessing so I mean just to make me short man to wrap it up I'm ranting sorry I was no, just, you're fine uh, you know just take those three deep breaths man and, uh, it'll be okay just to believe in myself honestly it sounds so cliche but you know to everyone man just really believe in yourself yeah that's awesome bro thank you again like I don't know I already said this a couple times in this podcast, but like you are a big inspiration to me. And like, even if you look at, like we said, we're in a fraternity together, even the younger bros, they look up to you a lot. And they're like, man, I want to be at where Jay's at right now. He's just living his life. He works hard. And now he's just living life to the best, you know? Fucking yeah, awesome. Hate that. Yeah, bro. And then to kind of end things off on like a positive or like a goofy kind of note, why don't you tell us about a time or like some embarrassing moments that you had in Iowa, during OT school, did you have an embarrassing moment or something that really stands out? Well, man, in, in school, I was always, uh, I was kind of like an oddball in my class, right? Like, there's a lot of type A people in my class, so I was always like, if class started at nine, bro, I'm, I'm in there like right at nine. Um, <laughs> the most memorable moment would be like uh, Professor Aaron, man. She, she had us doing like a, like a yoga class, just to like see the benefits of yoga and what it could do for our, our, our patients in, in terms of like mindfulness and breathing and all that. And I remember it was like during like finals week or something, but I wasn't yeah. getting and we were, It was like we were in the middle of the session and we were doing like some like pose while we were lying down. And I mm -hmm. just started snoring so loud, bro. Like, you, you know how I snore. Like I, yeah. it's fast dog. So like it was... <laughs> Everyone just kind of like stopped and everything went quiet and like I just woke up and everyone was just kind of like looking at me laughing. So that was, <laughs> that, was that was that was probably the most embarrassing thing that I can remember of right now. Dang man, that's so funny. Same old Jay, bro. Same old Jay. Do it, bro. You ain't got to be no type A to make it, man. You just got to work hard. Yeah, you still made it, bro. You still made it. Everyone okay. can talk all this, but you made it. As I mean, as long as you back it up, bro. You talk that talk. Just you know, you make sure you back it up. That's all. Yes, sir. Well, thank you, Jay, again for ha taking the time to meet with me and talk with me and tell everyone about your story. Like I said, super inspiring. Hopefully everyone listening can just be a little bit inspired by it and just not give up on if they want to pursue something, just got to go after it. Exactly, man. This is for you. This is for nobody else but you. So you got to want it for you. For sure, man. Thank you guys for listening. And then I'll catch you guys in the next episode. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye. Thanks guys for tuning in to today's episode of Broken Stressed. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to smash that follow or subscribe button to get notified whenever new episodes are released. If you want to connect with me on social media, you can find me on YouTube or Instagram. Thanks again guys for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.